Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 91. Now you're speaking my game. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Doug as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks very much for having me on. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I think you're my second person from the UK calling, so, you know, I always love having more people from around the world, and that's one of my objectives. So, Doug, you're fulfilling my dream. <laughs> Hooray. Everyone loves the British accent. Maybe it needs to be more posh, though. <laughs> good, good morning. Good afternoon. Can you keep that up the whole episode? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh, in that case, we'll just get the classic Doug, the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump into the topic of today, who is Doug? Not the Brit like the posh Doug, but the classic Doug. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I'm a gamer. I'm really into heavy metal music. Probably like a typical nerd. I love smartphones, love computers. Just try and stay active where I can, but spend most of the time sitting down, watching YouTube, playing games. And also podcasting. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, just got into it, to be honest. Yeah, he has a really interesting podcast. Uh, mind giving a little description of what it is? Because it, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, of course. Uh, so the podcast is called Search Complete. And uh, it's co-hosted by myself and my wife. And basically, we just uh, come up with like some phrases that we think people would put into Google search, like the first part of it. For example, how long does it take to... And then what we do is we try and guess what Google will auto complete or predict that we want to finish the, you know, finish the sentence. So then we make some guesses about how long does it take to boil an egg, for example. Then uh, we actually type it in, see what the results are, uh, do a little bit of research and then report back to you guys. So it's a bit, I like to call it uh, an edutainment podcast. Ed, part education, part entertainment. I love it. And I remember I sent you a picture of what, your first episode was and how I searched here and how the results were different in Canada, which was pretty interesting. It's really interesting. Um, both I, we, we always do it incognito because Google definitely changes the results based on past <laughs> searches, but it definitely does it on like your location as well. Well, incognito VPN, you know, just you could say in any <laughs> yeah. country in the world, that could be a new thing for one of the episodes. Anyways, not about how to do your podcast. I'm sure you have a lot to talk about and people can go check that out. And speaking of which, where can people find you, whether it's for your podcast, social media links, anything at all it can be related to anything, even projects you're working on that's not related to your hobby? Oh, uh, my personal Twitter is Zambrella101, Zambrella being my gamer tag, uh, and the podcast, just you can find it on any of the normal podcasting apps to search, search complete. <laughs> It's perfect. I'll put all that in the description below so people can go check that out, follow. I highly recommend to go check out this podcast. It is very entertaining. And what was the word you used again? It was edutaining? Edutainment. Edutainment, podcast. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is indeed that. Edutaining will do. <laughs> but yes, today is not about that. Today is about Doug's hobby, which is eSport commentator slash broadcaster. So what is that exactly for people who might not know what it is? So... Car, well, I call myself a esports caster, but it's basically just a commentator um, for esports. Specifically for me, it's Dota 2, although I have delved into other esports. So we just commentate over professional or non-professional games, to be honest. And how did you get introduced to this? When I started playing Dota 2, to get good at it, I would watch YouTube videos. And there was this one YouTuber who I thought was great. He was really good for like educational content. But occasionally he would upload a video where he would cast or commentate like pub games or they're called, like, pu they're called pub games where they're like public games. So like the sort of just random stuff his viewers would play. Uh, then they'd submit them to him and then he'd cast over the top. And I thought that was 
really cool. So I started my own YouTube channel, uploaded my own normal gameplay videos, but then started casting as well. And then one thing turned into another and I was doing it a lot more. And do you still have the record of your first broadcast? Not my first, but actually, you know what? I haven't even looked, but I think I'd probably do. And I am scared <laughs> to go back and watch it now, actually. Because I, I did it with my friend who was not into it as much as I was. But it's probably awful. But I bet you had so much fun while you did it anyways, right? <laughs> I mean, that's why we did it to start off with. It was just, just a good laugh, to be honest. Actually, speaking of which, how long did it take you to get into your groove? Because I would imagine the first of anything, people are like trying to find their ground. But for you, how long did it take you? Was it like after the fifth casting, the 20th, the 100th? Uh, many, many. <laughs> um, uh, tens, tens of times. And what would you say is your type of commentating skills? Or like, what is your style? So I'm a play-by-play -play caster. So it's kind of like describing what's going on in the game at that point in time, as opposed to like a more analytical caster, which would be like when a bit of during downtime, talk about some of the more specific elements of what's going on in the game. So I do more do the fast talking, describing what's going on during a fight sort of thing. Okay, so you wouldn't be like saying, predicting something in the middle of the fight, saying, oh, well, he should do this. Oh, no, he didn't do that. You just talk literal. No, but like, oh, yeah, this hero is doing this. He's casting this spell. It's going really well for this team. Looks like, oh, they managed to kill that person. The black hole was amazing and that sort of stuff. Man, you must train yourself so hard to just be talking really fast. And how do you prepare your casting do you have like a sheet with like notes saying about the players or like all right, this is this player this is this player this is what i need to know how do you research them because i'm quite like really into the sort of like dota professional scene it would generally be stuff that i already know if i was going real try hard i would try and research stuff but generally as a play-by-play -play cast you don't need to do that so much you can lean on like your more ana the analytical caster to do some of that stuff so basically just make sure you're up to date with the current patch because there's like lots of updates and all that. Are you still up to date or you're out of the loop now? <laughs> no, no, I'm still very much up to date. You know, the patch notes come out and it's always exciting to see what's happened. This might sound like a really, really stupid question, but does it ever happen that you're, while you're playing Dota 2, you broadcast, like you cast yourself just practicing, commentating? <laughs> no, I, so I tried streaming for a bit and as a, just like a generic Twitch streamer, you kind of need to be entertaining and talk to yourself anyway, or talk to your audience, but it's really just talking to yourself. Uh, but I would never, I, I tried casting myself a few times, but it's just kind of weird. It's like, and now I'm gonna do this, and <laughs> it's really exciting. It just gets too confusing. Could you imagine just at home you do that? And now I'm opening the fridge door, taking <laughs> an apple out of the fridge, taking a bite, oh no. <laughs> I definitely have been times when I've been at parties or something, and it's just, you know, it's like oh, my, one of my friends or something be like, yo, commentate what that person is doing. <laughs> that person is looking at me very weird. He's walking towards me. He's, <laughs> throwing, he's throwing a punch at me. Ow, I got hit. <laughs> but no, no, I bet you you're very friendly and people love you. But anyways, um, is it only Dota 2 that you like to broadcast? Or are you used to cast? Or is there other games that you like to try to put your hand in? I dabbled with Rocket League. But apart from that, no. It's just, I'd say, to be honest, I don't know how... I know some people do do it, but I don't know how, because when you really get into one eSport, it's just like sucks up, sucks up your whole time. There's no time for any other ones. How do you train yourself to be able to improvise conversation and dialogue? You get into a flow. So you always, you know, you're generally talking about X thing between minutes zero and five, and then 
the game moves on to another point. So, you know, you've got these points you need to hit minutes five to ten. And then if things are boring, there's generally some things that I can fall back on and you can you try and make a specific thing interesting. Man, I feel like you're so you should you would be amazing at improv. Am I wrong to think that? Uh, <laughs> the thing is, I don't I, I don't think I am that good at improv because I guess if I knew the material really, really well, but then that's not really improv, is it? So honestly, it just comes down to repetition and practice. There you go. Kids, you're listening. Just keep practicing and you'll be perfect or close to it. And <laughs> so for you on a personal level, what would you say is the best part about esport casting on a personal and emotional level? I love the esports scene in general. I think it's like when, when you get deep enough into any scene, whether that be esports, sports, you know, crafting, I don't know, whatever it is, you find a group of people that are passionate about something, you just get sucked into it. Um, so being a caster really sits you, you're on top of, on top of it, really, you get to look down from a bird's eye view and see everything. And you get to be part of those special moments in the game. And actually on that note, I say that a lot, but has anybody taught you any tricks or skills to include in your casting and vice versa? Have you taught anybody about casting? No, to be honest, being taught anything is very hard to get feedback. I'm sure you found it with like the podcast as well. Sometimes it's like if you're trying to get feedback from your friends, they're always like, yeah, it's great. It's great because they don't want to hurt your feelings. So getting feedback from like impartial sources is really hard to find. So I occasionally get some things, but it's usually just like, yeah, it's great. Keep it up, which is not really what you're looking for. Uh, in terms of imparting knowledge onto other people, I try and give, you know, like constructive feedback where possible. But it's, it's, it's quite lonely, to be honest, in terms of feedback. OK, well, for people listening to this podcast right now, hit me with your hardest feedback. I can take it. Don't don't criticize Doug. Criticize me. You want me to criticize your wonderful podcast? No, 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 no. The opposite. The opposite. Give oh. me a dark darkness, darkness, evil. Bad, bad stuff. Give me, Alex, you're too bald to podcast. The, the light will reflect into the <laughs> computer screen and then you won't see the notes and you'll improvise and you suck at improvising. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I think your, your voice is too deep. It's yeah. too, too silky smooth. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get you to the podcast with this voice. Um, so the next question is, uh, do you prefer... Ouch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, do you prefer uh, casting alone or with company? Absolutely with company. It's... It's a grind to cast on your own. It, so it's, imagine trying to do your podcast on your own. <laughs> it's like there's no like conversation to have. You're just like talking at people as apart from sort of like making people feel part of the conversation, which is really what you want with a cast is like you're creating a story of the game. So having someone else to discuss that with makes it a lot easier. And did you find this one friend or a coworker or a colleague that just matches you perfectly when i say match i don't mean like the same thing but like you complement each other honestly i don't think i ever found a like actually no that's a lie there was definitely a couple of people that i once you sort of like cast with them a lot you start sort of like learning the cadences that you each have so there were definitely a couple of um casters that i ended up casting with a lot where we started to flow a lot to get to flow very well together because you, you what one of the worst things about or like having a pair casters that you end up talking over each other and that's just not not good to listen to but once you've got that flow it's great and uh, has it ever happened to you or actually what was the weirdest or worst experience you've ever had while casting if you don't mind me asking no that's fine that is a uh, 
That's a tricky one, to be honest. I think one of the weirdest things that happen is there's two. There's two that I can think of. One is when the game gets paused for such a long time, you end up finding some weird stuff to talk about, like literally anything. And the second one is I was at a LAN event and it was sponsored by this energy drink company. So we had to do these like promotional segments where we'd like go cheesy. I don't actually have a can right now, but you go like, <laughs> mm, delicious. You should grab a can of whatever it is. I can't remember what it was right now. Some energy drink, that stuff. Um, a can of jet fuel. <laughs> <laughs> looking back, is I actually feel kind of, I'm because I'm kind of in marketing right now, I would be so pissed off if I was that company sponsoring it and then we were kind of just taking the piss out of it a bit. So I feel a bit bad now, but it's, it's just like no one had taught me that side of things and how important it was. So it kind of just felt weird to do. But at the end of the day, that was experience and now your marketing it actually taught you more things on what is appropriate, not necessarily appropriate, but what works and what doesn't work. And still on the side of things that happen while you're casting, has it ever happened that somebody rage quit or had a like you know, angry moment and how did you react to it as a caster? So in a pro game situation, that pretty much never happens because they're there to win. So rage quitting doesn't really happen. Um, and if so, it's normally at the end of the game anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so to be honest, it hasn't really happened. <laughs> it's normally just funny if they do. Well, then, good. That's good that you had a good experience and nobody just comes at you. <laughs> Hopefully, nobody goes ever after the caster. That'd be, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, I've definitely been um, accused of like, you know, being biased and helping out another team, like sending them secret messages or something, which I actually found very offensive. But that's probably, that only happened once or twice. And I'm guessing this other team who accused you of this was not winning, I would imagine. I could be wrong. No, n not at all. <laughs> You know, it's projecting your anger and don't get, don't get mad at the caster. The caster is just there to entertain or edu edutain. I can't remember the word, but yes, that <laughs> works. Edutain does, uh, does fit a cast, <laughs> a casting role as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so for casting, I don't know if it's similar to podcasting, but what kind of equipment do you usually have when you're casting a esport game? Yeah, it's very similar to podcasting. I started off, you, the main difference is that you need a streaming PC as well, which generally is relatively expensive or, you know, a gaming PC is got expensive components. Fortunately, over the last few years, I'd say it's got a lot cheaper or at least, yeah, basically the hardware has got a lot better. So the lower end hardware is good enough to be able to stream, but you can get away with just like, you know, like a headset mic that comes on like some gaming headset. And uh, do you have any inspirations, other casters that you're like, oh, I want to be like them or I like their technique on how they do this? There are so many like iconic moments with different casters that it's kind of hard to name one. But there was, it's funny, they always seem to be uh, either Australian or British in the Dota scene. But there's one British caster who is just phenomenal. And I never realized this, but sometimes you get to see video feeds of them while they're casting. And this guy actually like gets up out of his chair and is like <laughs> walking around while car well not quite walking, you know, semi pacing up and down, jumping up and down while he's casting. And that energy really comes through in his casts and you just become captivated. So whatever he does, I just want to do as well. So I would correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine he's the type of person that would also speak with his hands because 
I don't know about you, but when I do my podcast, I speak a lot with my hands, even though no one is looking. Are you that type of person when you're casting? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I am gesticulating right now. <laughs> uh, I guess sometimes when you're casting, you kind of need your hands on the mouse and keyboard because sometimes you're the camera as well, so oh, you don't wow. want to be jumping around the place. <laughs> so you're able to multitask, and do you find that challenging to do the camera and casting at the same time? That's usually one of the biggest criticisms of casters is that their camera work is terrible because you're not, yeah, you're, you're multitasking. So you're trying to follow the action and speak at the same time. But unfortunately, there's a few tools to help out with that sort of like smooths out the camera movement. So after a while, you just kind of lean into those tools so you can focus on your casting. And that's why doing it with another person could definitely help. So you can just help each other out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the bigger tournaments and stuff, they have like dedicated camera people to like move the in-game camera effectively. Which would make the flow a lot better. Yeah. And uh, so for you, you've been doing this or you haven't done it in a while, but you've done it for a few years. What was your technique to improve your casting skills? Like what did you do for training? I would just cast everything I could, like anything and everything. Um, I would occasionally listen back to my podcasts, but when you're starting out, listening to your own voice is freaky as all hell. <laughs> you're like, I sound like that. And you just don't want to, but you do get used to it. And you, it's something you have to do. So I would go back and listen to my own casts and try and figure out where I was could improve. But most of the time, it was just cast as much as I could. And I don't know if this is an appropriate question to ask, but do you feel that you reached your the point that you wanted to reach in your casting skills, like this is what I wanted to achieve? I actually do. I tried to, it started out as a hobby, but I tried to make it as a caster. Um, so I like didn't work or anything for a few months, actually about nine months. And I just cast everything I could. So I know I tried my best. I think I got to pretty much, you know, I wouldn't say, of course, I was not perfect by any chance, but sort of like 90% of the way there. So I was happy with where I, where I got to. And at that point, it's a very, I mean, esports is, or at least at that time was very new. So it was kind of who you knew, but, and also a, a lot of luck as to whether you'd make it. So I was, I didn't feel bad about taking a step back. And you're saying you just casted everything. How often, let's say during one week, would you cast? It would depend what tournaments are going on, but during a busy, a busy week, it would be, I don't know, I guess two series a day, probably, which would, could be about six hours a day, every day. And your voice wouldn't get tired, would it? <laughs> uh, to be, when I started, um, it would, but it, it, the voice is a muscle, so you can just build up and train it over time. Just yell, constantly yell and just take some uh, protein after. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did, did, did heavily lean into some strepsils or cough sweets or whatever. Just there like a Pez dispenser, just popping them out. <laughs> Make sure you drink a lot as well. You, even for podcasting, I have a giant glass of water right in front of me, just in case. Whenever I'm not talking, I'm just drinking water. And uh, on another side, what has broadcasting or sorry, esport casting taught you in life? I think it's taught me to persevere and to become more self-motivated because you're effectively as with podcasting and like these sort of like online things that you can do yourself. It's it's all on you to just work hard and get better. So I think it's taught me that you can do these things it just takes time and effort and repetition and dedication just makes you improve like you said you did it often you did it six hours a day and whether you like it or not you improved just by continuously doing it 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, has esport casting ever stressed you out? Yes, very much so. Honestly, the actual casting part is like once I was in the game, it just everything comes together fine. But when you're setting up, like, oh, is my PC going to crash? How's my internet going to be? Are oh, the players going to show up? Is my co-caster going to show up? That was all very stressful. But once you're in the game, it was okay. Was there a moment that, you know, like one casting, that it was just the perfect storm? Uh, yeah, there's definitely been times where it just goes horribly. Like, there's huge delays. The My internet plays up. Like, you're halfway through. You, you know, you could be broadcasting to thousands of people, and then suddenly you're internet dies and you're just like why why do this to me and you sort of like reset your router trying not to miss all the action uh, that is that is never fun technical issues are the worst and they come out of the blue like you know what you're gonna have a bad day oh thanks great thank you <laughs> it's just like it's, it's horrible because it's, it's it's out of your control like if you're having a bad day that's on you and it, it happens but you can like learn and improve from that but when it's your isp or your PC or like Windows update or something that you just have no control over is the worst. Windows. Oh, you're streaming, you're casting right now. Looks like it's time for an update. Yeah. Oh, it's not, <laughs> it's not an option. You're going to, it's going to shut down in like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, I think, I think Windows have given you more control over that now, but I remember at the time that was, I think just as Windows 10 came out or something. It was just like, you know what? I have authority. You don't have authority to do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for you, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to esport casting, whether it's what you see in other casters or just in gamers or anything at all that just makes it cringe or makes you grind your gears? This is a very specific one, but yes. When I, I don't like it when casters try and like predict about five seconds ahead of what's going to happen. So be like, this fight's going on. Yeah, he's definitely going to go down. No, he's not. He's not dying. <laughs> yes, he is going to die. And they're, they're trying to predict what's going on. It's just like, take a step back and like cast what's actually happening because you end up looking like a fool. Yeah, like my question earlier on. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no, no. no I, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because anything could happen. Like literally anything is like, oh, so why not just show, say what is currently happening? Because imagine like you're driving your car and you're listening to this. Oh, he might do this. And then going backtrack, it can get pretty confusing. I could imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, sometimes it works like a, a flourish here and there. It can work quite well. But when they're constantly doing it, it it's very annoying. <laughs> That's completely fair. And on that note, what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to esport casting? Oh, I like this question. This is a good one. My biggest don't is don't flame that. Like if team is losing and they're doing something wrong, don't just be really careful. There's a fine line between flaming them and sort of just being like, this is what they could do better or this is probably why it's not working out. So don't flame them. Don't be like, oh, they're playing so shit. It's going terribly because this player should have gotten this. They're so noobish. Like, that's not what people want to hear. It's not a very nice thing to do. It's better to sort of be like, oh, it's not going great for this team. I'm not sure they're going to be able to come back. Maybe if X, Y, and Z happens. It's a much better way of putting it, putting it across. And I would imagine as well, the players hear this and it can just get inside their heads and just make it worse kind of thing. If they want to go through and listen to the replay, because they can't actually hear, hear it oh. live. Oh, okay. Okay. They don't hear it. Lucky. So when you're at the actual event, they don't actually hear it live. They probably either have. No, because their... they're in there. They've got their own headsets on and it'd be kind of cheating to be able to hear what the other team is going <laughs> on. It's not like, I guess 
What if the headsets were actually streaming your your cast? <laughs> <laughs> well, at bigger tournaments, they make sure they don't do that, but it could happen. They got their AirPods inside the the giant uh, <laughs> gaming headsets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started esport casting? I wasn't really sure what to cast, and the, I think the biggest challenge was finding places to cast, like finding games to cast. Because one of the hard, like finding just, it's very easy to find a game to cast. You can go, you can open up Dota right now. And then I think this is the case with a lot of esport titles. And you can just spectate a game or you can go on Twitch and spectate a game and just cast over it. But there's no emotional attachment to it. You don't really care. You, because you, you, the caster, don't really care what's going on. It's very hard to impart excitement. So it's finding places or games that you, where you do care. Or the or alternatively is like trying to make yourself care about the games so that your cast comes across as emotional and engaging. And speaking of which, was there a game that you wanted to love but just didn't end up feeling feeling the connection with it? Uh, like an esports title. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, an esports title, not just in video game. Sorry, when you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I loved playing Overwatch. Have you played Overwatch? Yeah, I played a few hundred hours or so. <laughs> okay yeah but i found watching it horrific is there's a i think it's very hard to follow what's going on because there's a lot of verticality to the game which as a spectator is very hard to follow so if you take something like another fps like csgo they've got all these um like spectator tools to help you follow what's going on like you can see behind walls and like they'll have little lines to show where the players are uh, sort of like their line of sight. Um, so it's very easy as a spectator to come in and see all the action. Whereas with Overwatch, at least at the beginning, they didn't have any of that. And then add the fact that there's a lot of verticality to like the maps. It makes it really hard to spectate. And you're just like, oh, I could be playing this. It's much more fun to play than it is to watch. So basically what you're saying is to really enjoy the spectation or spectating Overwatch is to have multiple screens to have all the viewing <laughs> angles. <laughs> yeah, I, they might have got a lot better at it now because well, there's the, the Overwatch World Cup 2 or something that's happening. Um, I feel like they might have made some improvements. Well, I guess we'll have to check it out once it comes out. If uh, Depending on when it comes out, this podcast episode is coming out in a few months. If it's already out, then go watch the replay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now for a very tough question, but I feel like, you know what, everybody's an expert at answering this who's on my podcast. What are some misconceptions about people who do esport casting? That's a tough one because <laughs> I actually don't, I don't think that for esports casters, I don't think there are really any misconceptions because no one gives a shit about us. <laughs> kind of just take it for granted. To be honest, I think the biggest misconception is probably that it's easy and it's not. <laughs> It's just straight up not easy. Yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, you just press a button and you talk. But it's kind of like any type of broadcasting, especially like sports. You have to know a little bit of the game. You have to know about the rules. You have to know a lot of details that the general public wouldn't necessarily know themselves, right? Yeah, I think like the first five seconds are very easy. Someone's like, oh, I'm going to cast this team fight. It'd be easy. The first five seconds are very easy. And then they sort of like lose track of what's going on. And so it starts off easy and then it gets harder and harder. And the more characters you add in, the more complex it is. That's why I only have one person on, on this show at once, so I don't keep it that complex. I, if I had a second person, three people on, I, I would get lost so easily. <laughs> and uh, so for people who might be interested in picking up this hobby, do you have any word of advice for them? I have a lot of advice, if that's okay. Hit me. Okay. 
honestly, I'll, the first thing is just go and cast. Just go and try it and do it. Record it. Put it on YouTube if you really want to. Don't show it to anyone. I think it's just really fun to do. It will be goofy to begin with. You will be bad, but it doesn't matter because you can have a laugh of it, laugh at it. Uh, but you will get better. So the main piece of advice is just go and do it. There are so many resources out there. One of them, which I think is amazing, going back to what I was talking about before, where it's very hard to find feedback. And secondly, it's um, it's very hard to find. Sometimes hard to find games where you care about what happens or finding a game that is interesting. There's this subreddit called Dota 2 Cast It, where people go to there, post their games that they've played that they think were really fun. And then you can be like, okay, I'll cast it. You upload a video to YouTube and then they will give you feedback. So not only do you have a fun game to cast that you probably care quite a lot about, um, you also should get some decent feedback. That's pretty cool. I love that concept. Reddit Reddit is just such an amazing site. For, it is amazing. That's where I found like a lot of my guests and amazing mm-hmm. information for podcasting. And good on you, Reddit. Shout out to Reddit. If you want to sponsor this uh, podcast, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I'm just saying. But uh, yes. And we talked about this at the beginning of the episode, um, but I'm going to ask it again because people need to refresh their memory. Do you have any links or websites you want to share the pe- with the people so they can learn more about you, follow you, support you, and learn more about any projects you got going on? So yeah, um, my personal Twitter, which I use a fair bit, is Zambrella101. Zambrella being my gamer tag. Where I got that is a completely different story. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the podcast that I've just started is called Search Complete. And you can find that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm going to put all that information in the description below. And by the way, I love the simplicity of the name. It explains everything and it's perfect. <laughs> Search completed. It's, it's perfect. I love I love titles like that. Uh, but yes, I'm going to put that all in the description. You guys can go check it out. Support my friend Douglas. Yeah, we're friends now. You can't take it back. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's, he'll be more than happy to talk to you. I feel the same way. I feel <laughs> nice. The same way. Well, from the UK to Canada, this is a over the pond friendship. And now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about eSport casting? Not about eSports casting, but about eSports in general, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Am I right in guessing that you are somewhat aware of eSports, but not really super into it? Would that be fair? Uh, I would say I've been playing video games my whole entire life. And I love, I watch a lot of Smash Bros eSports. Okay. So uh, Smash Bros is definitely my game. It's fast paced. I play with my friends. It pumps the blood yeah. a little bit, but I always <laughs> enjoy the casters because I've always been into like the tour guides. I always like talking. And ever since I started podcasting, I shed a new light on the work they put in. And it's kind of cool because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I could kind of relate. And I see the effort and the energy. It's just amazing. And they're very passionate, but I wasn't, I wasn't at the level that you, that you are at. <laughs> but I'm uh, pretty close. <laughs> so I, I guess my question would be like, the the prize pools for Smash is not that high though, right? No. There are these big tournaments like Fortnite and Dota 2, CSGO. What goes through your head when you see these like millions of dollars prize pools? Million dollar prize pool? I think it was, it was, it was Fortnite that some kid won multiple, like how many? Was like, he won one million. One million? Which actually... Going on a tangent here actually infuriated me. <laughs> if like people are like, oh my god, these kids are winning so much money. Literally four, no, five years ago, the same thing happened in Dota. 
But no one went crazy? Yeah. Huh. And obviously, it's, it's just because Fortnite is so so much bigger. Like, everyone is playing Fortnite. Not everyone is playing Dota. I was just like, being there, done that, let's, let's move on. Don't worry. In, in four <laughs> years, there's going to be another game that people are going to complain about. But no, to answer your question, <laughs> I want to see, let's say, these big tournaments with multi-million dollars. Um, I, honestly, it doesn't necessarily bother me in a sense that... Uh, I think video games to a certain degree is a skill, like the ability to your hand-eye coordination, your reflexes, the ability to analyze the situation, making a call is a skill. Not everybody can do it. And yeah, why not? I, I honestly have no issue with it. I don't think I would ever go in because I suck. <laughs> I like to think I'm good, but I honestly suck. But uh, if I were to go into an esport game that I'd be good at, uh... I don't, I don't know, Smash Bros. on the Nintendo 64? No, even then. No, not even. I, I've seen videos. People are a lot better. They have skills and technique. I have... It's insane. Like, this is one of the things that's just great about casting is you get to see the action happen right there and then. And you're like, sometimes, although I don't like to admit it, you are left speechless and you're just there like, <laughs> what? Oh my God. And honestly, I guess sometimes the silence adds impact to the cast, to be honest. But Actually, speaking of which... Um, have you ever, let's say you've done so much casting on Dota 2, have you ever like saw something you're like, oh my God, I want to integrate that into my gameplay? Uh, definitely. You, I think just uh, watching streams, casting games, you pick up so much. I found, This is the thing, actually. I found myself get a lot better at the game from casting just because you pick up all these little tips and tricks. That's so cool. So, so if you want to get better at a game, go cast it because you're effectively going to be consuming more of that content. And you're going to, whether you want to or not, you're going to be picking up some extra skills. That's so cool. You just talk about it, but at the same time, you're learning. Yes. <laughs> I guess I have to go watch some more Smash Bros. Or, I don't know, Mario Kart and Nintendo 64. I, I like Nintendo 64. I still have my original one. And I tend to, when I play with my friends after I'm like the first one to die, I tend to like cast their gameplay and they get annoyed. But yeah, you know, that's, that's yeah, my extent I, that, of casting. That works. <laughs> Man, can you imagine if there was like real life Mario Kart? They do that in as Japan. As a like, spectator sport. As a spectator sport. It's not a sport, but you can, uh, like there's an event, or not an event, but a thing. You can get go-karts and go drive through downtown Tokyo dressed up in like Mario oh, costumes. Amazing. Yeah. Can you throw things at people? You cannot throw things. Oh. Wait, you're going to throw a turtle and bananas at people? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I, I guarantee you, I swear, somebody must have gone on those carts with a banana peel and just threw it behind them for sure. And then someone runs it over and nothing happens. <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I missed my chance to do that. Um, but if I go back to Japan with my wife, I would definitely give it a try. If you ever go to Japan, give it a try. Just look up at things oh. like Mario Kart... Tokyo, and then you'll see a bunch of people, uh, pictures of people like in Donkey Kong costumes, Mario, Peach, Yoshi. It's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Doug, for coming on and just talking about one of my favorite things in the world is video games. And being a caster is the combination of both, which is perfect. And uh, yeah, just had to tell you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. So if you guys want to learn more about Doug, you can go check him out in the description below. I'll put all the information there. He's a very friendly person. And if 
you know, he's in the UK, people in the UK listening, you know, get in contact with Doug, or not just the UK, anywhere around the world. Doug, you're friendly, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I really am. I, I'm very happy to talk to anyone about casting if they want to get into it or they just want to get some more information. I'm honestly really, really happy to talk about it. And of course, you should go check out his podcast as well. Search complete. That'll be in the description as well. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast episode, by all means, share it. Share it with family, friends, leave a review online. Anything that makes the podcast go out there helps. You can leave a negative review. And honestly, it's all good because it helps me grow and figure out what's the right way to make this podcast more enjoyable for everybody. And so, yeah, everything and anything is welcomed. So once again, thank you so much, Doug. Thank you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.